Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 28, alongside Hunter Pulaski. I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in beautiful downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In this week's episode, huge news, Robert Garrigus headed to the Saudi League. Update on what's happening with college golf. MSU boys played well over the weekend at the Penn State event. PGA Professional Championship happening right now in Austin, Texas. We've got some, several Michigan guys in the field for that. We'll go around the tours with the Corn Ferry LPGA Latino America. Dylan Fratelli, Hunter's favorite follow on social, well on his way to another or to his uh, first PIP championship here in 2022. <laughs> Anthony Kim back in the news. What a week. Ben Ons playing in a, in a PGA Tour event, and Anthony Kim's back in the news. The match. Who cares? But we'll talk about it. We look forward to the Zurich Classic site of Jackson native Brian Stewart's only a, only PGA Tour victory back in 2016. We'll get you our preview and picks. That'll be pretty quick this week for the Zurich Classic in New Orleans. But first, Hunter, first, 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 of course, golf's golden boy, Don's the plaid. Jordan Spieth wins the RBC Heritage at 40 to 1. That's probably why I have a headache still today on Tuesday. Your takeaways from the RBC Heritage. I mean, as a as a known knowing not I want to say hater of Jordan Spieth, but I actually I probably will just say hater cuz I think I have a known hater of Jordan Spieth. Oh, I had I had some chirp, chirping to deal with on on Sunday. I mean, talk about everything having to go You're, right. Oh yes, oh everything gosh. having oh, to go right, gosh. and then Stop everything it. does go right. Stop it. I mean, come on. Everything seven goes days right. late. He's seven days late. Two footers. Seven days late is what I have to say. Where was this uh, back on Master Sunday? Are we are we really just How about are we, Masters Friday? Masters Friday would have been good. A made cut from Jordan Spieth at Augusta. Yeah, that's true. Would have been very helpful to yours truly in terms of my uh, betting weekend last week, which got even worse this week thanks to Jordan. But I, I, I just cannot believe that he, he I, dodged four groups coming down the stretch. I can't believe you're going to stand up here and you're going to continue to be a Jordan Spieth denier. I, I, for, Fifth okay. player. To ever win some amount of PGA Tour events and some amount of majors before age 30, I can't remember the numbers. It's like, Can you name three wins that he's had in the last six years? Valero? It's, not, it's, it's an impossible task because he hasn't won three times in the last six years. So that's, that's kind Are of you like, sure about that? Five, can I do five years? I don't think he's, he's won. He's won twice in the last two years, okay? He just Valero, won the RBC Valero and He won the Valero. RBC. Four times, four and years, he's won a years. major within five years. Are we sure? Can I do five years? I'm pretty sure it's been five years since 2017. Well, we're quickly getting off course here. Five minutes yeah. in, second, we're on to the Google machine. The second that you said short episode, that's when I go. We'll see about that. Well, I said short episode, and then I gave it 11 million topics in the rundown. We should call that the T sheet. I, I, you're right. 
Spieth, to say everything went right for Spieth is somewhat disingenuous, but it's also correct in the sense that how did 13-under get into a playoff in that golf tournament? That made no sense. Eric Van Ruyen was 14-under on like his fourth hole of the day. Lowry was 14-under walking off whatever that was, 11 or 12 after he made that incredible par. Um, Gosh, that was just that was just pure pain for myself and the rest of anybody else who was a Lowry backer. Because to chip... How am I supposed to chip? He chipped the ball into the water. Okay? Yes, you did text he me. Chipped <laughs> he chipped. On Saturday. I was literally... I'm on death's... I'm on gambling retirement's doorstep right now. Because... Matthew Fitzpatrick, let's not even get into that. But he just, that was my biggest bet at wager of the week. He couldn't even make the cut. Certainly didn't top 20, and I played him like 100% in DraftKings. I am such a sucker because otherwise I had this damn thing surrounded. Of course, Lowry folds at the end, but and I didn't I did not back speed, which hurt. But really, Lowry should have won that golf tournament. I mean, it was, that was worse than Honda when he didn't win in part because that had a lot to do with weather and just sap like going nuts. But in this case, it was just him missing putts and opportunities, couldn't birdie 15, then gave himself good opportunities at 16 and 17, a short, really a pretty shortish putt on 17, and he just hammered it. Any one of which of those would have gotten him into the playoff. But he really, somebody should have won that golf tournament at 14 under. Patrick Cantley missed an, a makeable birdie on the last hole. But, Very And the Heritage, thesis of the Heritage is the Heritage is just amazing. Every year, except for last year, Sink kind of wanted to blow up, but like, there's so much drama at Heritage and just the way that that golf course sets up to bring anybody and any type of player into the mix and you got Varner and you know and and Spieth and Cantley and Lowry in the last few groups Cam Young made a great charge Cam Davis JT Poston who we were on all had great Sundays really an entertaining watch and obviously a special property pretty iconic venue even my wife when we're watching she's like I feel like I know this place it, it is nice to see a, a smaller golf course not yield very high scores. I, I think I was talking to my buddy about that on Sunday. I go, this is a everyone's talking about distance, 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 length, length, and then this golf course is not a very long golf course, and it's only thirteen unders winning. Thirteen under winning score on a on a par a seventy one hundred yard par seventy one is means. The golf course has some, you know, has some teeth, and certainly the wind blew, which helped helped us keep the scores down. That being said, the winning score should not have been thirteen; it should have been fourteen or fifteen under par. Should have been, but it wasn't. I want I want to retract my Jordan statement. Uh, last five years, so he won the Open in the summer of twenty seventeen. So five, just short of five years. I want to see him win with this, the group of golfers that we have now. If he can start winning, even if he can win one more time this year, I'll be blowing away but it's so it's the master he's gonna win the open championship it's gonna be him <laughs> and tiger woods 
the week after the Masters. Everyone you, has everyone has a hangover. He's gonna win. He's gonna win events go. like the this. Excuses. I can hardly take it. You. This is last year at about this time when I told him, "Look out! Here comes Jordan Spieth. He's coming for the Open Championship." And he got beat by exactly one person at last year's Open Championship. <clears throat> well, now he gets to go to St Andrews, where you can be crooked as a mother. His ball striking is incredible right now. It's his putting that's costing him that. I get it. That rehearsal, that, you that don't like little that hammer thing that he's doing. You don't like that? Gosh, just that it's, <laughs> it's an eyesore. But his ball striking statistics, which I know you hate numbers, but have been phenomenal. And he said after the round, my ball striking really is as good as it's ever been. It doesn't feel natural yet. I don't want to keep doing that rehearsal. But I'm ball striking it as well as I ever had. That's Jordan Spieth saying he's hitting the ball as well as he ever has in his life, and he can't putt. So not saying much. Hitting the best he ever has. Not well, saying this, a ton. this is a four-time <laughs> major champion that you're talking about here. That could that made every single putt from every single place ever for that like three year stretch, which he'll do again. Well, apparently not. He can't putt. Okay. Well. Do you want to? You want to just let's have a sandwich bet right now, or a pizza bet, or something right now. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll, I I'll buy you thirty to, pizzas. To wager you one. <laughs> whatever you want that Jordan Spieth will top ten at the old course. <laughs> I well, yeah, I'm sure. What's there's there's difference, big difference between top ten and first place. As as I'm just uh, trying to say, he'll be in contention. <laughs> I'm not going to guarantee he's going to win. I'll certainly bet him at twenty five to one or whatever he ends up being. But probably be lower than that. Well, he everyone's probably getting, everyone's will be. He's won twice in the last the two years. Sabita. Well, that's not like let's not pretend like that. Right, do you have any more hate or any more takeaways from the RBC Heritage? Can we talk about Dylan Fratelli standing astride his golf ball? You can't do that. You got to play by the rules, Dylan. I, uh, that was there was a rules official. Did you see him? He's actually talking to a rules <laughs> official standing right beside him, and then they wait like two and a half hours and assess him. You know, which is the time between that shot and him ending his round. So he walks off the green and be like, hey, by the way, remember that shot that that rules official watched and let you hit and you were discussing? Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, I, I'm not, a, I know you're a Fratelli hater, so you probably have a unique take on this situation, <laughs> but that did seem kind of bush league to me. Yeah. Um, well, you're going to be surprised. I'm going to put my bias aside. Uh, I actually. I just think it's it's another it's another fine example of of the rules of golf being so damn ridiculous. Uh, I knew that that was a rule. You did because you think about it for putting. So I thought yeah, about so yeah. But yeah. you just you just have never I've never thought about it in the the long form. But I did know you couldn't straddle the putter. Right. Um. I I did not think about it in the in the moment. Um. But I also think if there's a rules official standing next to you. And you do something that's against the rules that is so something um, like that, you should be able to get away with it. I, I mean, like that rules official should tell you you can't do that. He was staying there practicing it. I tend like, to agree. Like he was about to hit the shot. Um, maybe he should have just asked. I don't know how he would have had. So he was standing. I imagine Dylan said something to the effect of, I can do this, right? Yeah. I can hit it out of here like this, right? He may not have said like this. He, they may not have gotten into the specifics of quote-unquote standing astride. But the idea that he's playing the shot in the presence 
of a rules official, and he does not get penalized until after the round. That is the part of this that, to me, seems wrong. More wrong than, certainly more wrong than Dylan hitting a ball like that, which most of us, if we were playing golf, even competitively and some of we were playing with, hit a ball like that. I think 9 out of 10, maybe 99 out of 100 of us would be like, oh, well, got it out of there. I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, but you were standing astride. Yeah. No, I mean, I think <laughs> I would be very surprised if you if you were playing with somebody that said something along those lines. I think that should be the last time you play golf with them if they try to, like, penalize you. And first, I didn't really think he was standing. I thought he – Help me with my terminology. Standing as he was not standing astride, or he was standing astride. Oh, uh, I guess I don't know. I guess I don't know. Because I think of astride as to the side. I, I have no idea what. But anyways, means. I, that's, a, that's a weird word. So, not a you can't word. you cannot stand behind the golf ball and hit a shot. But I kind of thought he was standing where if you drew a line from like his target back between the through the ball, I thought it was kind of on the far side of his right shoulder like outside of his body line. So I didn't even think he was doing the penalty that they thought he was doing. I kind of need to rewatch it. And Well, that's a whole other element. I'll tell you what, though. When Dylan gets to the end of the year and he looks back on this two-stroke penalty, he's going to think that's the best two-stroke penalty I've ever been assessed because it's going to turn into $40 million. Never seen anybody get more social media longevity out of a penalty than we've seen in this case. Have you how many videos have you seen on Twitter of him hitting that ball and so much discussion and conversation? Like this is a guy who just a few weeks ago we were discussing making petty and kind of irrelevant comments on people's posts trying to build up his social following and then it's almost like he conspired with the tour. The rules officials conspiracy. I think it's a conspiracy. Hundred percent. It's a PIP conspiracy. Okay, the whole thing. The only problem is no one likes Dylan Fratelli, so it's not going to matter <laughs> in the long run. This this is. What about I mean, his college teammates? About, what about like Spieth and Hostler and yeah, those yeah. boys all hang out together? What about them? I don't. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody hangs out with Dylan. That's why he has all this time to to comment on on Instagram. Uh, I imagine I no one's going to remember this in except for every the annual Twitter post from from the PGA Tour saying, oh, do you remember this from the 2022 Heritage? And that'll be the extent of it. They're going to say, yeah, that was when Spieth missed two footers and still won, and Dylan Fertelli stood astride the ball or did not stand astride the ball. TBD on that. Did you right. – uh, I quickly have to say something um, – the only reason I'm going to talk about this is because we are both fathers. But did you see all of the flack that uh, Jordan Spieth's wife was getting for carrying the child? Yeah. Carrying yeah. the child. That kind of, well, the flack was not just online. It was also in my house. Oh, was, there was there – was, uh, There was some – There was some. I was not watching at that precise moment, so I didn't see it until later when I you know, saw it on Twitter and much of the commentary. But, you know, she was moving pretty good. I will say if I was, I put myself, I put myself, Annie's her name, I think. I put myself in Annie's sh- footsteps or shoes. If I was running that fast with five-year-old Mac, I might be dead. <laughs> I might just get killed. It seemed a little too fast. Five-month-old. Five-month-old. Sorry, did I say yeah, five-year-old? five-month-old. No, yeah, f- yeah. Five, five-month-old. So that's how old the baby is? I think uh, November. November. Five-month-old. So you're, if, uh, yeah, five-month-old, you're, you're fairly sturdy. 
But yeah, I would have. There would have been a brisk. But you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're. Maybe I'm. I sometimes wonder. Am I like really overly cautious and protective as a parent? I think everyone because I yeah. see other parents and I'm thinking, your kid's about to eat like eat a Lego. <laughs> do you do you want to intervene? Like, yeah, you want to do something? Should I should I take it? You know. Like, whereas I'm like you know shepherding Dorothy around everywhere <laughs> and you know like looking over her shoulder at everything. So I don't know. Maybe I'm the one with the stick up my rear, but yeah, she was. I was like, oh, wow, just maybe just maybe like a fast walk out there or maybe she would have got there she would have walked she would have got there at some point she was very excited she was extremely excited which is which is good he doesn't win very often i'd be excited too you just can't resist <laughs> dude you can't resist so i won't say anything bad i won't say that i think one of my biggest pet peeves is people telling parents how to parent yeah so i'm not going to tell her how to parent I even just though thought, you just did no no i didn't i didn't say anything bad i said I just thought all the flack that she was getting on Twitter and online, I uh, I got to chuckle out of because everyone everyone thinks they're a parent when in moments like that. Okay, so we have lots to get to. I want to I want to get to the college stuff. We got to go around the tours. We got the PGA Professional Championship. It's a busy week in the world of golf, and then we have this nonsense tournament on the PGA. But first, let's quickly after it was about the time that we recorded last week's episode, we decided not to talk about the Saudi League which turned out to be a good decision because it was being announced that there are players that had committed. Since that time, Kevin Na, who was named among those players, has said he has not made any commitments to the Saudi League or told the PGA Tour. And now, was it yesterday or maybe even earlier this morning that we got a piece from, I think it was Golf Digest, Yeoman Lynch or whatever, however you say that guy's name. Uh, Golf Week, but yes. Golf Week about Robert Garrigus having been the one player to notify, request permission, file any kind of formal paperwork with the tour indicating that he would like to play for the Saudi League. Would you like to venture a guess as to Robert Garrigus's world ranking? Uh, I'm going to guess... Somewhere in like the 800s. That's a pretty good guess. I was going to do over <laughs> under 750. You would have been right in saying over. Well, what? In fact, it's over 1,000. Holy moly. Yeah. So yeah. really huge news <clears throat> for the Saudi League. They're just humming right along here between Garrigus, Poulter, Westwood, and Kokrak. Who's not excited to watch those events on TV? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think they're definitely doing their part to get the eyes. No doubt about that. They So I think in this next week will be huge to figure out who else. You have to be – it sounds like you need to – applications. So Gary essentially had to, like, had to ask permission from the PGA Tour to, like, leave to go play in this London event on June 9th, and, 9th through 11th. And you have to have such applications submitted at least 45 days prior to the first round. So that means by next Monday – April 25th is the last day. So by our, our episode next week, we will have hopefully a, a very good idea of, of who is who has requested permission to And if the leave. permission has not been requested by that time, 
that's you know like unless there's some pretty substantial updates to this Saudi thing by the time next week's episode rolls around they're gonna be in trouble because it just means that they were expecting a lot more of those applications to go through and a lot more of those players I mean I heard they're reaching out to amateurs now that that's uh they are right that's what it seems like uh according to this article I think it's I think it's important to keep in mind like this is they don't need this but like this who's who's paying for this does not need this money I don't think like yes they'd like these bigger names right off the bat but I don't think like I'm sure they're discouraged not to have the best players but I mean it's like the money. but it could fail entirely it could but I don't like do they have these agreements with the networks Oh, I don't know. I, that's another thing. I have the, no idea. What's going on with the broadcast no, side of it? Is no Norman really in charge it. of all that? Is he going to be the commissioner? I was thinking I mean, more, like, come on. Just from like, a, like they will pay these players. For, for I could see this going for like at least a few years. I don't think that this is like a one and done sort of thing. Like similar to like some of these football leagues you're if seeing. If they can make it long enough. You understand my point? I mean, if they come on and they play that June 9th. Yeah. And they got 60 guys in the field or whatever. Which I think is about what they're. I think it'll be. Okay, let's say forty. Yeah, I think I, I feel like that's what their like limited field was about that number, wasn't it? Well, okay, then I strategically <laughs> like they, they I think five, that that's a bad, five, but five I mean like less up. than they think. Yes, I mean think about it from a television like a presentation standpoint. Why is the why will there be interest? You're talking about a leaderboard that's going to be minus nine, minus two, plus four. You know, like its scores could be really spread out. Um you know, just it could be kind of, you know, get an amateur. Is Jason Kokrak going to win every single one of these? I mean, there's nobody good. <laughs> so, I mean, what are we doing here? Could you imagine if Jason Kokrak just goes and wins like 30, 35 <laughs> Well, you million. don't win any prize money anyway, right? Because you just get an appearance fee. No, no, you win. No, you win a lot of money. <laughs> uh, so it's $25 million purses per event. Four million dollars for first place per event is what uh, it currently is at. So Jason Kokrak gets three of those this summer. Yeah, not outside the realm of possibility. He will pass Scotty Scheffler in his earnings. Yeah, and they'll both be lapping Patrick Cantlay from last year. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I don't know if it'll work, and I'm I'm still I'm still very against this league. But I do I I see where like where. You don't think that if if Jason Kokrak goes and wins twenty million dollars this summer, somebody on the PJ Tour is not going to be like, uh, "What am I doing?" I, I think that that conversation has to be had. I think it might be like I really, I think there it's a lot more complicated than that. I really do. I really do. I think these guys that we're talking about that the Saudi league needs are super rich. Yes. They their money, the majority of their money has nothing to do with their course earnings. The earnings that they're making from Nike and TaylorMade and that kind of thing is you know, and appearances and just whatever the the business of being a top 10 player in the world that's where your cash and checks as much as your you know, your PGA Tour appearances and that is a substantial that you're putting that 
potentially at risk by making this move. And I think that's maybe the part that people are overlooking. Now, if you could keep all that and make that move, and uh, but that's there's not going to be, there's no built-in value to this other league. All that has to be created, all the eyeballs, all the audience, everything that makes all that money possible. So, I don't know, I just... <clears throat> you're a Jordan Speed denier, but you're a believer in the Saudi League. No, so no, that shows oh, us where, oh, that is shows that us is that what is that the narrative you're pushing? That I'm I'm a believer in the Saudi League. That's that the is, narrative you're pushing. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, no. Okay, you, good. I'm glad we could clear that up. Uh, you don't. So you think that if if John Rahm said he wanted to go play in the Saudi League and then it folded after a year, they wouldn't let him back on the PJ Tour? No, no, no. I'm saying so. That, like any of those, t- like any of the top ten that I'm would happen. I'm saying that TaylorMade might say. Oh, you think Taylor made would drop him? Yeah, I'm saying that there could be consequences because of the nature of that business model, whose money that is. We already just saw this with Phil. He got hammered, and he never actually did anything, which we've talked about on this podcast. Also, we both feel is unfair, but even though Phil's a clown, but you see what I mean? Like there, if that's your livelihood. These guys mostly live in America. I just think it's a there's a it's a complicated decision for a person who is already super <clears throat> rich. For Kevin Nah or Jason Kokrak, no, you may very well be right. Yeah. For Charlie Hoffman, for particularly if you're in your late thirties, early forties, like I get it. This you know, like it's probably a simpler decision, but it's a complicated decision for say Rory McIlroy or Dustin Johnson or. Brooks Kepka, you know, people like that. I, and I could see some success if they were to, like, to target guys like the top college players right now. If they were to, if they were somehow to get some of those guys to come right out of college, like the Pearson Cooties of the world, mm-hmm. like the guys that already have a little bit of name recognition and that's an upcoming star that doesn't have any of that stuff you just mentioned with all of these set deals Right. Why not go make before you even you're not even on the tour yet. So I'm not sure if you can you can't get banned from something you're not a part of yet. Maybe you, you probably could. I don't know. But but you're right. I think you're I think you're on the right. That's why I wasn't super surprised when I heard they were reaching out to amateurs. It's like, well, that's a bet. It's a better pitch to somebody in that circumstance yeah. than it is to a top, even really top thirty player like a Billy Horschel or something. You know, like. You know, I think these guys are far enough, you know, they're they're entrenched enough, I guess maybe would be the word, that there's more value in them staying than in, in, in taking on any risk. But anyway, that's plenty. That's plenty for the Saudi League. So, um, all right, you have, you got a lot going on. Cause you, can you take us through college and, and the PGA Professional Championship and around the tours? Yeah, let's... Uh Let's start with uh, college. So we'll start with the Michigan State boys who just played. Uh, Peter mentioned it in the intro. They played at um, Penn State at the Rutherford. They finished second place out of 14 teams. They actually had a uh, they had a four-shot lead heading into the final round. Uh, ended up uh, falling to Penn State by, by two shots. Oof. So not uh, – not the best way to finish, but without their uh, their star senior, um, they played pretty darn well. So August, August Mikoff, their sophomore, uh, finished in sixth place. Uh, Bradley Smithson, who Michigan 
reigning reigning Michigan Open champion, finished uh, six over par. Uh, Ashton McCullough tied for 11th place, and Troy Taylor finished uh, in 14th place. So overall, uh, very good performance from the Michigan State boys. They are off now until the Ohio State Invitational, the Robert Kepler, uh, which is April 23rd and 24th, or April through April, th- ugh, April 23rd through April 24th. So we will keep you updated on those uh, those scores as they come into next week. And then the Michigan State girls had their last tournament before the Big Ten Championship. They finished fourth place at the Lady Buckeye Invitational. Uh, finished uh, ended up actually posting their uh, their best score of the tournament in the final round. So finished strong. Uh, Ohio State ended up winning the event first place with a score of 897. Boo. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I didn't think about that. And then senior uh, Valerie Plata, who uh, you might remember, just played in the uh, women's Augusta National, women's amateur at Augusta National. She finished uh, in a tie for second place. And then on to uh, so then uh, Michigan State girls are now off until the um, Big Ten Championship, which is taking place in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, April twenty second through the twenty fourth. The Michigan girls will obviously be joining them uh, April twenty second through the twenty fourth, and then the Michigan boys have been off since that Mossy Oak invita- or Mossy Oak intercollegiate i believe is what it was called so they're off until the big 10 championship which is a week after the girls nice so we got big 10 championships for our girls this weekend and then big 10 championships for boys next weekend correct <clears throat> and i'm gonna blame i'm gonna blame peter for this next part i had all these pronunciations ready to go this morning i don't now so we're on to lpga tough week for lpga pronunciations yep well out with it let's hear it what <sighs> okay. do you have uh, so I'm pretty sure, so, um, this was the, uh, lot, the lot championship over in Hawaii. It was indeed the lot. Yes. Uh, the winner of the event at 11 under par was, uh, Yoju Kim. Uh, in second place was Hinako Shinobo, uh, at nine under. And then, uh, Yiji... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you almost Ye- I was had so it. close. Uh, Yi Jin Choi. So good, And th- the last one was the easiest one. That's what really pisses me off. Okay, this last you, got one so you got it. You got it. You got it. Yi Jin Choi finished at uh, seven under. You, that was beautiful. Three Fantastic. for three. Pretty much. You just yeah. stabbed yourself. I know I did. Uh, so now they are off to, they are back, uh, back on, what would that, what is that phrase? I'm back, not in home. They're back in. They're off of the island, mainland. They're back in the mainland. They're in uh, th- for the LA Open, which is the uh, DIO implant. Turns out, the more you know, I had to look it up because I wasn't quite sure what it was. Uh, dental implants, D- dental implant company. So they're playing uh, important clarification there. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Wilshire Country Club. Uh, Brooke Henderson is the defending champion. So we will. Let you know on uh, let you know on scores for that next week. All right, and the Corn Ferry wrapped up the Veritex Bank Championship, where I know Benny on 
playing some stellar golf this Got year. Got a second place. Yep, T second. Uh, he is now second in the standings for Corn Ferry. Tyson Alexander. Tyson Alexander. That's took it. home the crown. Won by like three shots too. Is that right? By two shots. Two shots. Over, uh, boy, what a name this is. Pontus. Nihom, Nihom. Those guys went so low on that golf course. Did you see some of those scores? I know it's Corn Ferry. Yeah, so I was actually going to I was going to touch on that because I, I was impressed. Guys, a couple guys shoot ten under this week. I think they did. So I was impressed with Joey's. Joey ended up finishing sixty uh, ninth. Struggled on Saturday, but his he shot sixty four on Friday, and I was going to say that's probably a a tournament low, and then I went and looked at through the scores. It was a good round, but there was quite a few 62s, 63s. Did you, well, did you happen to look at, just real quick, did you happen to look at Joey's scorecard and how he came to shoot 64? No. No, I, I don't think I did. What do you do? Finished with five birdies and an eagle. In a row? Mm-hmm. Seven under in the last six to shoot seven under. And make, how much did he make the make cut the by? Make the cut by one. <laughs> Not on the number, but clear by one. He just ran out of holes. He should have kept playing. That's always. I think he was trying to, uh, may or may not have been trying to avoid some high-priced airfare. Oh. To think that you can actually do that <sighs> blows my mind. But there may or may not have been a factor in the uh, way that that round played itself out. Well, he ought to just start thinking about that more often then. Air, air. Airfare is always higher. What's the Fridays. most birdies you ever made in a row? Eight. You made eight birdies in a row. Mm-hmm. You I made have. eight birdies in a row. I have. It was on. It was. It was on my court. Putt putt. No, it was on my lowest. It was on my career round. So. It, what was your, did you shoot? Sixty five. You shot sixty five on a day. You made eight birdies in a row. And I was. I bogeyed the last three holes. <laughs> I was playing some really good golf. Hunter. <laughs> That's one way to shoot 65. Yeah, I felt like I was really, I was unconscious until I got wow, to 16T and I realized. Did you know, did you realize what you were shooting? That at, at the 16T, of course I did. And, and that's when I, because I think at that point, the course record is now 62. But at that time, this was four years ago, five years ago, the course record was 63. You're a much better putter back then. I, I, I was, but it, it was weird. Uh, I was actually with a listener. I was with Brad. Uh He'll tell you, it didn't matter if I, I was so I was hitting it so close. It was just like one of just those. Just a bunch of tappings. Everything was just going, happening. It was one of the weirdest rounds. But then I realized where I was. <laughs> and I In just, relation to par. And it was so six sixteen, not a, not like a terrible bogey. It's not great. But then seventeen, I hit it in the right bunker, and it had like a weird heavy lie, and left it in the bunker. And then I was just trying to make, and then I was just yeah. pissed at that point. Yeah, yeah. That'll so, happen. So, so that's still a great round, though. Sixty-five. I've never shot sixty-five. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> pre-Mac. <laughs> I like to think. Yeah, I yeah, like to think yeah. my golf my golf yeah, game has two. Never have shot sixty-five. Two, and two distinct Never will. So <laughs> those days are. That's what, me. Yeah. So what's what's the most pressure you ever made? In a row, once I think, I think I can't remember. It was in a tournament round. At Mishaway, on the Pines, Gaylord. I I know I never played it, but I know I know what you're talking about. It is. I doubled the first. 
I bogeyed the third. I think I was three over through three. And then I made, I think, five or six birdies in a row. Got it to like two or three under, and then I tripled ten. I ended up three-putting 18 to shoot one over. <laughs> I'm terrible at golf. Yeah. But it was whenever you get on a birdie streak, it is an out-of-body thing. It's like something's happening to me as much as I'm doing something right now. It's it's really weird in that sense. I don't know if you felt that way when you made eight in a row, but mine wasn't nearly as long as yours. But even while it was going on, I was somewhat aware of it, kind of like a lucid dream, mm-hmm. where it sort of feels like I can just, no matter what I do here, I'm making birdie, and like I don't really know why, but there's just something happening right now that I'm a part of. Exactly. That was exactly it. And I didn't. it didn't bother me at all until I like realized where I was. But I did at them. I still... And I think I was so in the moment that I didn't, I wasn't really thinking about it. That's I like guess, Nirvana. You yeah. Were, you fully present. Yeah, I was fully. <laughs> How I do was, you do that? I How do you bottle fully, that? I don't know. You can't. It's yeah. impossible. It's an impossible bad, task. Because we could sell that and then we'd be millionaires. <sighs> we'd be rich. Uh, all right, so that's the Corn Ferry. Did you have a LA nope, tour Nope, uh, they are still off now. For, Though I did see Alex Scott got a new golf bag. He did. Somebody got him a new golf bag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I did not see it. That is great news. We talk about Alex a lot. For those who don't know, he's a guy from Traverse City playing on Latino America right now. 13th yeah. on the money list. Playing, a good year. playing great. And is covered by Monday Q. So if you follow him, you've probably seen some of those photos. But did not have had a, had a strip of duct tape with his name written out of it uh, stuck onto his golf bag. But now he has his name on his golf bag. So it's a very exciting development. I saw there's a good chance that uh, Monday Q might be moving up north to take, I know. take care of his I know. Uh, his yeah. father. Yeah, he'll be closer to you than to me now, I guess. He will be, I think. Yeah. He was showing some, um, I couldn't figure out what golf course it was. He showed some, like a membership package of some golf course where it was like. I thought it had to be Alpina CC. <sighs> I, I saw that too. It wasn't because I, like, I went and looked at Alpina CC's website. Different, Dude, we should DM different him look. and ask him what that was. I it had I was thinking maybe Thunder. What's that course? Thunder Bay. Yeah, it could be. Thun, is that what it is? Thunder. I, I think never, that's what it's called. I've never played those golf courses, but I think, well, Thunder Bay is the name of the bay over there. Yeah, as you're driving into town, before you get to, uh, <laughs> as you're driving near Alpina, there's that. I think it's called Thunder Bay Resort or something like. I don't know. I mean, I'm curious, but I did see that, so we'll have to get we can play some golf. All right. So are they playing? This weekend? No. No, I so don't. So they're off for a while. They are. Let me just confirm when they are playing next. And is Corn, Corn Ferries, did you say that already? Are they off this weekend? Uh, I did not say. Do you know if they're off this weekend? You know, I'll look. I'll, I'll Google it real quick. So they are uh, They are back. The LA Tour is back on this week at the uh, Alberto, uh, Alberto do Brazil, April 21st through 24th. And I believe Alex Scott is in the field. And Corn Ferry is off this week. And they play the Huntsville Championship next weekend at Ledges Golf Club, which is in Utah. Um, Corn Ferry tour schedule can be a bit tricky to uh, keep track of. Mm-hmm. So that's all. Re- and then, oh, and then uh, finally, the... Uh, PGA, PGA Professional Championship. Yes. This is all the club pros. These guys, if you if you finish meet a certain threshold here, you get into the PGA Championship. Remind me the venue for the PGA Championship this year. Uh, Southern Hills. 
That's right. <laughs> Where's the U.S. Open venue? Oh, the Country Club. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, so uh, we ended up having 11, uh, 11 PGA professionals from Michigan uh, play. I think there's like, I don't know the exact qualifications to get into this field, but there was like 360 guys, a ton of players. Oh, my gosh. That's- so they have a 36-hole cut. Out of the 11 guys, the only guy that made the 36-hole cut was Tim Pierce, who, if you guys remember, he was on the podcast last year because he finished top 20, top 20 in ties, get into the PGA. Actually, it's not top 20 in ties. It's top 20. So I think there is a potential playoff potential something. for a playoff. Yeah. Uh, so you get that's, that is how we got Tim on the podcast last year. He played at uh, Kiwa. Mm-hmm. Played at Kiowa uh, in last year's PGA Championships. So right now, uh, through two rounds, Tim is sitting in T68 uh, plus two. Uh, the number that he needs to get to looks like it's going to be at least probably about minus three. So he needs to post a number today, somewhere in the 65. To... Today, the last day. Nope. Uh, so he can actually, he just needs to, looks like the cut for the 54-hole cut is going to be roughly... Oh, I see. They cut again. They cut at 36 and again at 54. I got Correct. you. Yep. So he's got to make that 54-hole cut first. Correct. So the 54-hole cut is looking like it's going to be plus two gets in. So if if Tim plays well and where today, is he right now? He is at uh, he is at plus two. He's at plus two. Okay, so yep. he's right on the cut line to get to the final round, which gives him a chance to top 20. Yeah. So he ended up, he started with a 73, got hit uh, 73 and then a 70. So if he can just keep trending the way he is. And this is in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas at the Omni Barton Creek Resort and Spa. Yeah, that place is supposed to be nice. And tell us, how can we – this is avail- live scoring available on the PGA website? Yeah, pgaprochampionship.com. Got it. Beautiful. Would be your place to would be your place to check that out. All right, go Tim. Yeah. So that is really uh, – that is all I th- – I think all I have from – yeah, good. And then I, I want to touch on the match because that news came out this week, which I think is at least worth, not necessarily newsworthy, but is at least touching on here. So let's get through, let's talk about the Zurich Classic, shall we? TPC Louisiana in New Orleans, par 72, 7,400 yards, I believe. Who was it that helped on the design here? Let me pull it up real quick. It's... Um, Steve Elkington, that's the name. Steve Elkington and Kelly Gibson served as design consultants. It's just 15 minutes from downtown. So you will hear, you kind of have to be a little careful. Obviously, New Orleans is a city that's full of temptation. Some guys in the gambling world, you know, will be trying to sort of figure out which of the teams are unlikely to take this event seriously enough to excel it it would be easy to go have a fun week with your buddy you know i mean can you imagine if the two of us were playing in this you know like you would have you'd be there to have a really good time you know i don't know that everybody every team in this event is necessarily taking it really really seriously um it's a combination of four ball and foursomes alternating so first and third rounds are the best ball. Second uh, and final rounds are the alternate shot. So alternate shot is a difficult format. Um, 
I happen to think similar game types play better together in alternate shot. Um, but generally speaking, you want guys that make a lot of birdies because you're going to have to make up a lot of, you know, you're going to have to really score on the, on the uh, best ball days, the first and, and, and third rounds. If you want to uh, have a chance to be in contention, the golf course is a par 72, 7,400 yards. There's water everywhere. Um, but nobody seems to hit it in the water. So I think it's kind of a typical TPC without knowing a ton about it. Short hitters do seem to fare fine here. So you could say par 72, 7,400, not a short golf course. Doesn't seem to affect shorter hitters. Obviously, Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown play well here. Um, and they are by no means long at all. So... Uh, Horschel has won here twice, once an, as an individual and against again on a team. Cam Smith has also won here twice with two different partners, including his first ever win. So, um, I don't know if that's kind of interesting. If you are looking for a horse for course, I would say Scott Brown and Kevin Kisner are kind of that team. Um, past champions... Brian Stewart won this event as an individual. Site of his lone PGA Tour victory. Um, which is cool to look back on and remember. Jackson native. I believe he's in the field this week, right? Who's that? Brian Stewart. Uh, Thanks for listening, by the way. I believe he is. I, I, I knew you were talking about it, I think. You knew I was talking. <clears throat> I knew you were talking. I uh, I thought he was, but I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know for sure. I will look right now. Okay, past champions: um, Mark Leishman, Cam Smith beat Ustazen and Schwartzel in twenty one. We did not play in twenty twenty nineteen. Ryan Palmer attached himself to John Rahm. They were victorious over Fleetwood and Garcia, who are playing together again this week, which is interesting. Horschel. One back in 18 was Scott Piercy, who's in the field this week, I believe, with a different partner. They beat Duffner and Perez. 2017 was the other winning year for Cam Smith. That was his first career victory. He part had partnered with Jonas Blixt. They won in a playoff over Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown. And then, um, interestingly, in addition to Brian Stewart winning in 2016, which was the last year this was an individual event, Ben on finished second that year. Who is in the field this week, fresh off his great finish on the Corn Ferry Tour, playing alongside Sung JM. And I could not wait to bet that team. So I've gone ahead and do that, done that at, at uh, 40 to 1. Looks like DraftKings has the better odds this week. I know we're kind of looking. At FanDuel, kind of had some friendly odds at Augusta and a few of these others, but uh, betting favorites this week are Hovland and Morikawa, six and a half to one. Cantlay is playing with Shoffley. Apparently, they're buds. They're eight to one. That Palmer Scheffler team, Palmer just attaching himself to the number one players in the world. What a what a way to live. Uh, don't forget, one and done. You play one guy, but you get a team result. So, like, you want to. Pl- quote-unquote, play Scotty Scheffler this week. You just play Ryan Palmer. 
Uh, Leishman and Cam Smith are 10 to 1. Burns and Horschel, which is my favorite uh, to win this event, they're 12 to 1. I won't be betting 12 to 1 probably because it's such a short number, especially for a team event, but they were fourth last year. I do think they'll take it seriously. Horschel's won twice here, Burns just won. Uh, I think that's going to be a hard team to beat. Uh, of the pl- of the teams towards the top of the board, at least they have some uh, some experience playing together, as do Cam Smith and, and, and Mark Leachman, too. But there's the Fleetwood Garcia team at 16. Gooch and Homa, I think, are getting bet a lot because they're down to 22 with Lowry and Poulter. Varner and Watson are 25 with Team Chile. Joaquin Neiman and Mito Pereira, I think they're going to be popular. That opened at a higher number and has been bet down. Davis, Riley, and Will Zalatoris are playing together. They're 35-1. to 1. That is the other team that I have bet uh, this week. They are former roommates. Davis Riley is playing really well right now. I know he's, he did not play well. I think it was at RBC, but I don't. it's not a super good golf course for him anyway. I like both those guys this week. I like them again at the Wells Fargo here in a couple weeks. Um, Hatton and Willett are 35. There's on and M at 40 still. Bradley and Steele rate out pretty well. They're 45 to 1 with McDowell and Power. And then let's stop at 50 to 1 with Kirk and Todd. Grayson Sig and Sepstraka. Man, Sepstraka is playing well. Probably should have been in that playoff at the Heritage. Troy Merritt and Robert Streb. Party Marty Laird playing with a uh, young Bobby McIntyre this week, and that is it for the 50 to ones and under. Total goofball event. I will say the winners do come from like somewhere kind of close to the top of the board, kind of like 40 to one and under in these past four years. Not like huge favorites, but I mean, Cam Smith twice, once with Leishman. Obviously, that would have been a team towards the top. Palmer and Rom. I think they were like nine to one when they won Piercy and Horschel, not exactly a long shot. So any uh any strong takes? Will you be will you be betting on the Zurich Classic this weekend? Uh I can't imagine I will be uh I'll be doing too much betting this week. I this is such a crapshoot. Uh I really think it is. I don't when did it I thought that there was a time when this event where it was like a top 50 player had to play with somebody outside the top 50. I when did that, that go away? I don't know. I don't know, but I think you're right about that because I remember something similar. Because that's clearly not the case now. Clearly, no. With Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa being on the same team is like they are so far head and shoulders above the rest of that. I know it's golf, but they're so much better than every other team in this field that six and a half to one is not, like who bets six and a half to one in golf? But I know. It almost doesn't feel short enough. It doesn't. It does. It, it's like it, it. I don't understand how they how they how they don't win. But the way the odds are this week is totally goofy too. Because if you think, I mean, there's six teams priced at twelve. Is that right? Six teams at twelve to one and under. One, two, three, four, five teams at twelve to one and under. God. And then there's only one other team in the teens. So that they're really the casinos are really really protecting themselves against those top five teams. And I mentioned that twelve to one with Burns and Horschel will get hit because it's being that they're the fifth team on the board, and a lot of people would probably rank them as their number one team. Like I expect them to be really popular, but then the rest of the money is going to go to that height. It's going to be people are going to back the Gooch and Homa team because Gooch is playing well. People know Max Homa; they'll want to cheer. This is kind of a week to like 
pick a team you kind of want to root for. Yeah. You feel like they could probably make the cut. 100%. Yeah, it's so different. It's like pick, pick a team or two, 40 to 1 and under. Like, I want to root for Benny on. I hope he goes up there and rides Sungjae's coattails to uh, to victory. Sungjae, by the way, and Colin Morikawa, uh, the two guys who led the field in the ball striking statistics at the RBC Heritage. So, well, we'll you going to uh, be watching the match? Who is it? Brady, Mahomes, oh yeah, Rodgers, and who else? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Um, and Mahomes and Allen are on the same team? I think so, yeah. But that's yeah. stupid. They're rivals in football. They play in the same division. Do they not? Yeah, but so does, so does Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Or did Aaron Rodgers get traded? Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have never played in the same division in the NFL. Well, they don't play. I thought you meant the same conference because Josh Allen and Josh Allen plays in the East. And, and you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 Mahomes plays right. in the South. Same conference, I think. same conference. Yes. So they're both and NFC right. and Brady, AFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's NFC versus AFC. Maybe that's, that's how they're stupid. They're dropping it. I don't. They should have switched flip flop those. Yeah. I don't know what the June. I don't know what's happening on June 1st. I think that's the date of it. I don't know what day that is. I don't know what else is going on. I will find. I will try to find pretty much anything else possible to to watch. Sounds terrible. I, I don't get the, that. There's no nobody in the group that's actually good. Yeah, and that's where I have a hard time watching bad golf. See, but there's there is a market for that. Like I think that can be funny. Like I think that I've always thought it'd be really funny to have a. Just like a like a weekend golfer come play like the U.S. Open or something like and show his shots. I think that would be hilarious to see. So that's where I'm I'm trying to find the humor side of it. But uh, that's not this because it's not like they're playing a professional venue or it's in no. It's going to be like a pros, resort. Literally style. just like I, if we were famous and we just streamed ourselves playing golf on Saturday, then we were you know like who who cares? I don't know. I saw Josh Allen swing a golf club. If he could get that club coming from the inside, that ball would go so far. Too steep. Yeah, he, 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 he cast he cast the shit out of it. But <laughs> and it still goes really far. I can't imagine how Yeah, he's a go. big person. Yes. Uh, so so overall excitement level, 2 out of 10. Yeah, mine's a 0. Yeah. Well, you don't like the pitching putts. Uh, you want to f- finish off the playing The hitting giggles uh, or the pitching putts? Either one. You don't like either one. It's a lot of lexicon to keep track of. Playing, uh, playing Arcadia this weekend. We can finish it there. Very jealous. Very excited. The bluffs. Playing the bluffs. Yeah. Get some good weather. Hopefully, better than last year. If, uh, it was 45, maybe a little even colder than that, and windy as all hell. So, hoping this year it's at least in the 50s. You going to keep it under 80? Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I How are you feeling about the game? Enough work on the simulator this winter? My game has felt the best it's felt in years right now. I don't know what, what is going on, but I'm hitting the ball so well. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, it actually, my back feels good. going to have honest. a big summer. Well, that's usually that's usually about the time when it, it all comes crashing down, so we'll see. I'm excited, though. Better simulator player than an open-air player? That's If that if that's the narrative that starts getting pushed, I'll be pissed. So I'm going to have to either start playing a lot worse than simulator. You're a speed denier. You're better in the simulator than open-air golf. What other narratives are we pushing today? Those are the two big ones. Okay. Good to know. Both of them. Both of them are uh, untrue. Until next week, big updates from the PGA Professional Championship and then 
maybe the Saudi League. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to stay tuned for that. Good luck at the silly little Zerg Classic. Oh, yeah.